Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. I think the Garth Garth Brooks version is funner than that text. (laughs) My buddy Charlie Kurtz and I wrote that one day in a stairwell over at Luther Seminary, and we had so much fun with it. Very much like Martin Luther would have done, take a bar tune and then adapt words to it. That's how a mighty fortress came about. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you all here. Many of you know I am a very avid reader, and the way I'm able to read as many books as I do is because I listen to them on audiobook. I use little apps like Libby and Audible and things like that. That way I can still do things like try to walk the doodles without falling down in the valley because it's all ice, making supper, meals, even when I'm shopping sometimes I'll listen to books on tape. But as you know, I love throwing pottery, so it's a great way to kind of just zone out and be. Uh, I tripped onto a book a couple of weeks ago called Reinvent Your Life by Mel Robbins. And then just yesterday, I was listening to a podcast with Brene Brown with the author Lisa Leahy on her work called Immunity to Change. Has anybody heard that book before? No. Well... We have an immunity to change. We uh, don't like to change. And so as I was thinking about Transfiguration Sunday and the transfiguration of Christ, I was wondering why is it so hard for us to transform, to transfigure, to, you know, I don't know. Is it one, because we lack mountaintops in Minnesota? or stuck with the status quo? Or do we consider ourselves lazy? Or is it just that we get stuck from time to time? It's probably a combination of all those things, but if you really do want to change something in your life, that book, Immunity to Change, is an excellent one. Just go to chapter nine and start working the different grids. So as we're preparing for this season of Lent, I was thinking, what are those 40 days really about? Now, some traditions, you give up something, right? Other times, I have encouraged you all to add something on. Like, read an interesting book. Read poetry. Get out of your comfort zone. Try something different. Uh, Meditate five days every morning. Or go for a walk at, at lunch. Or stand on your head. Or just do something where you get a different perspective, right? Because 40 days is about how long it takes to either kick a habit or start one. But do you know how long it takes to change a system? Five to seven years. So imagine your family system being like a big mobile, right? You have like a genogram, like who do you think you are or whatever. So you have grandma and grandpa, mom and dad, all the way down, and it's all hanging on this big mobile. If one of those is taken out, it displaces the system. And it takes five to seven years for that to rebalance, only if somebody steps into that arch position, matriarch, patriarch. 
So we wonder why, why can't I change in 40 days? Because it takes five to seven years to really actually change. And that's when we work at it. We work at it again and again and again. So one of the things I was thinking about this week, and I'm really letting the Holy Spirit work today because I could not come up with the sermon to beat the band. I was thinking about the stabbing at Harding High School. I was thinking about um, the shooting at Michigan State and, 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 and fill in the blank, right? I was thinking about the deaths we had in our own community over the last couple of weeks, you know, uh, Dale and Barb, Eleanor, and then Julia as well, who died last Sunday on the way to church, uh, heading the wrong direction down Highway 61. And then I was thinking about how, how many of us have experienced betrayal and what that looks like and how it is so hard, so very, very hard to heal from betrayal. And then Tyreen Nichols, a black man shot by black police. You know, like, what do, you, what do we do with all this stuff? I mean, great, we can sit down and we can read a book called Cast and get an idea of what it means to really change the way that we think about things. Um, and we can get really deep into the weeds and think about, is this a construction or is this a fable? Where are our origins of disconnect? What are, are the stories that we're telling ourselves that may actually not be true? What are those confabulations? So my question today is, what does transfiguration really mean in such a time as this? Change body light, right? This whole season in Epiphany, we've been talking about light week after week after week. We've sung songs about light. We have talked about the transformation that we feel when we share the light of Christ with other people again and again and again. But what does that look like? I think it starts at home. I think it starts internally with us. And then I think it starts with paying attention to things that are right in front of us that we might not see or that we've seen so often that we get complacent. So I'm thinking about how is it that we can take note of people that are suffering, of people that are struggling maybe with grief or loss or change or transition? How can we step into other people's lives and just say, I see you and I hear you and not try to fix them? We don't have to do anything other than be the presence of Christ. Now, I'm going to be a little vulnerable here because I haven't told this story. And if I have, I forgot, so it's new to me, too. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a pretty tender story, so I guess the Holy Spirit thought I should share it today. Jenny uh, Vanelli, Jenny Holtz Vanelli, was in her mid-40s, and I had the privilege of abiding with them for many years. I baptized their first child who died shortly after that baptism. His name was Lowell. And now they have a total of six kids. One of them lives in heaven with Jenny. When she was uh, in the process of dying, 
I went over to the house and talked to Dan for a little while. That's Jenny's husband. And <laughs> there's this commercial on TV that says, we love our new house, but it has way too many aunt, ants in it. Yeah. I love that. Too many ants in the house. And then all these aunties are telling everybody what to do all the time. <laughs> that was kind of what it was like walking into Dan and Jenny's house because there is, I, I think, two or three aunties there. And one of them um, put a lotion in my hand and said, go rub this into her hands. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I didn't know how to get to her because she was sort of flipped in a different way. And, and the auntie said, climb into bed with her and rub her hands. And I said, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. <laughs> you know, I'm so nervous about that kind of stuff. Um, but that's what I did. And it was transformative for me, right? Like it changed the way that I understood ministry. And I told my bishop this story because I was like, uh, did I cross the line here? And I just wanted to be really clear with her on that. And she said, no, what you experienced was what we call incarnational ministry. I thought, isn't that it? We pull on Christ, and then we go in and we abide with people. Now, it might not be that dramatic for you. It could just be opening a door for somebody or helping somebody shovel or writing a birthday card like Joan does 15 times a week, it feels like. Whatever the thing is, to be that light and that treasure for somebody else, no matter what's going on with you, but start here. Start with the 40 days and the five to seven years. Figure out what it is that you might be able to transform. Because Christ has friends in low places. And we can be in that low place with each other as well as the mountaintop experiences. And for this, we can all say, thanks be to God.